Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. This week on the Daily Writer Podcast, we're doing something a little different than our normal short episodes. Instead, we're doing a five-part series celebrating the launch of the brand new book, The Best-Selling Book Formula, Write a Book That Will Make You a Fortune, written by my friend and business coach, Honoré Quarter. So if you've listened to the last couple episodes here in this week's series, you know that I wanted to feature this fantastic book all this week because I think it's an essential book for every single writer. In the best-selling book formula, Honoré gives you a simple four-part framework to ensure that you have an amazing nonfiction book. So in today's episode, we're diving into the second key she talks about in the book, which is making your book easy to remember. And if you missed yesterday's episode or the one before, make sure and go back and listen to those because it's really good stuff. You can get the best-selling book formula on Amazon, and I encourage you to check out all the other books, products, and services that Honoré has to offer at her website, which is honorécorder.com. Now, as I mentioned in the last couple of episodes, she's also generously made five copies of the book available as a giveaway. So the first five people to leave a review of the Daily Writer podcast on Apple Podcast will get a print copy of the book in the mail, completely free, no charge. Just leave your review, take a screenshot, email it to me at kent at dailywriterlife.com along with your address, and I'll drop the book to you in the mail. All right, here is part three of my conversation with Honoré Quarter. Honoré Quarter, welcome back to The Daily Writer for round three of our uh, mini-series on the best-selling book formula. Good to have you back again. Thanks. So super fun to have these conversations with you. Absolutely. Like we were, like I was saying before I hit record on this, I could, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and uh, there have been times where we have done that. That's right. <laughs> Which I, I always come away with so many good ideas and things. Uh, but back to the point at hand. So we're doing this mini series on the best-selling book formula because I think this is a critical book for every writer to have, no matter what kind of nonfiction book that you're writing. So I'm excited to help promote this and also excited to put this into practice in my own writing, and of course, talk about it on the podcast here today. So the second key that you talk about in your book is making sure that it's easy to remember. And I'm really curious to dive into this because you talk about formulas and and in all the books that you have analyzed, uh, this has been a key part of what's making that book successful. So what does it mean easy to remember and how can we implement that into our books? Yeah. So if you have uh, the opportunity to remember a book title to someone, if someone says, what are you reading? And you're like, uh, something about the morning, <laughs> something about, um, keeping my house organized. Right. So the, the, what's the book? What is the, I can't remember it. The, the life-changing magic of tidying up. Right. I think that's yeah. the right title, mm-hmm. but if it can't, if you can't grasp it like that, like I just did in that moment, uh, you're going to say, what are you reading? And I'm going to say, oh, and then I'm going to say, I'm going to remember it. And then I'll text it to you. I'm never going to remember it. I'm never going to text mm-hmm. it to you. And the opportunity will have slipped through your fingers. And so the one reader who could have become two readers, who could have become four and then eight and then 16, et cetera, et cetera, lost. You're still at one reader. So making sure that your book is easy to remember is really important. Something about your book has to be easy to remember. It doesn't necessarily have okay. to be the title, but the title's helpful. It doesn't necessarily have to be the message, 
but that's helpful, right? So there's something about it that needs to be easy to remember so that someone can communicate it to another someone because the number one way people find out about a book is through recommendation, the number one way, right? And so we want it so that I can remember 18 words to live by, the faith of Elvis, the artist suitcase. I need to be able to remember those off the top of my head in addition to my password and my pin code and my husband's birthday and to pick up extra dog treats at the grocery store, right? We all have all these things that we have going on in our head. And so if we don't take some time to really connect our message, our title, our process um, with our readers, then we will miss our moments and we won't even know we miss them, Kent. They'll just slip away. How does somebody know if their book is easy to remember? Is this is this where beta readers and some trusted friends can come in handy to tell us if it's easy to remember? Yes, but I also think that there are a few things that that writers can do to to help themselves along the way. If you want, I can share. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first one is to be crisp, as in short or brief. So back to our previous conversation about mm-hmm. why use employment when it when job will do. Uh, keep it simple. The KISS principle, keep it simple, silly. Um, make it so that you can just, just like the, the KISS principle, right? I was able to say that on the fly and tell you what it meant mm-hmm. without any without any prompting. Um, also making it catchy. I think we'll stick with KISS. Keep it simple, silly. It's catchy. And it, remi- it will remind you to keep it simple, right? And then also, if you can connect it to something else, that's also helpful. And so connecting it to something else means, and this is also um, the easy to remember part, and I'll just talk about the Miracle Morning again, um, how connected two things that don't normally go together. So Mm. like peanut butter and chocolate, (laughs) right? So if you think about the morning, most people go, oh, I'm not a morning person. I hate mornings. but now I'm going to have a miracle in the morning. What do you mean? Tell me about that. Or the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I can work for four hours every week and earn a living. How does that work? I'm curious. So easy to remember is keeping it catchy, keeping it succinct, keeping it so that someone can recall it quickly. So there's almost an element to this where it's counterintuitive. And so a lot of the, and a lot of the books that we're talking about they have something about them that's the opposite of what you might normally think. Most people Correct. think of morning and they think, ugh, I hate mornings. Yes. Yes. But now in, in the miracle morning, you're talking about, well, maybe that's the time for the miracle to happen, which is right. totally and counterintuitive. So you're um, you're going to put the word miracle, which is something unique and special or uncommon with the morning. Yeah. Okay. Tell me how that's going to work, Hal. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's uncommon to think of a morning miracle or a miracle morning. And so even though people are not getting that right, they're still remembering it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How would that apply to something like, uh, so we're, we're both fans of Ryan holiday. Yes. Of his daily stoic stuff. And he's got a book coming out the daily dad, which is really, really cool. I'm super excited. Yeah. How would that easy to remember concept apply to, let's say the daily stoic book. Is it just the fact that it's called the daily stoic and that's such a simple memorable concept like the concept itself is really 
memorable. So he's kind of checked off that box just by the concept alone. Yeah, so the daily stoic would be easy to remember. If you can remember stoicism, you can remember stoic. Mm -hmm. And also Ryan's name is easy to remember because it's holiday. So I think when I think holiday, I think, ooh, uh, I think the Madonna song holiday. And I think I like like holidays, right? I like holidays. And so the fact that he has a unique name is helpful. The fact that it's the Daily Stoic is helpful. Um, The other parts of the Daily Stoic, which we can talk about in subsequent episodes, right? The easy to do and easy Mm -hmm. to share piece are, are factoring in that as well. So he has easy to read. The book is easy to read because it's one day at a time. It's yeah, literally one page a day. Literally one page a day. And sometimes it's three minutes and sometimes it's one minute. It's super easy to do that. Right. And so it meets all of the criteria of the best selling book formula on, on every aspect. He checks every hmm. box. Genius. I love it. I love it. Well, this is fun. Um, and if people can just even take this one thing and put it into practice, easy to remember that that in itself can really transform a book can can it even if maybe you have a book that's kind of on some i was gonna literally i was gonna use the word esoteric and then i remember <laughs> you mentioned Uh-oh. don't use the word uh, let's say <laughs> unique uh, i'll use the word unique yes. esoteric yes. that's my professor coming out i guess yeah um you know once a teacher you're sort of always in that mindset i guess yeah but if you have a book concept that's maybe a little unique or maybe complex or something just Making it easy to remember could really transform it, couldn't it? Correct. Yes. You can take something that's actually extra complex. And if you can, like the four hour work week. Yeah. The four hour work week is like 700 million pages long. I mean, it's it's a big book. Yeah. It's the, it's the book when somebody says people don't read long books and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but really it's one of the best selling books in recent history. So clearly it flies in the face of all of all of the excuses but right, the 4 right. hour work week is unusual it's putting things together that don't necessarily go together like a work week is 40 hours and i'm going to be i'm going to be able to do it in 4 how does that work i'm curious hmm. if you read the book there are 11 billion uh, exercises or things that you right. can do why right. so it's not that it's going to be easy to do necessarily but you don't have to check all of the boxes. You want to if you can, but you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And that book has so much, such a variety of ideas and content. It's almost like yeah. this collection of things that it's like a hundred different things in the book or something, but yeah. they're kind of collected together under this con- this umbrella of the four hour work week, which is genius. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. All right. So we're going to move on, uh, wrap, that's, wrap up this episode. English is not my first language, apparently. And we're going to move on to key number three in the next episode. So I will see you there. A big thanks to today's sponsor, the new book, Monetize Your Book with a Course, your guide to quickly creating a profitable and impactful course from your book. You know, most authors stop when they have written, published, and marketed their book, but there's one final step, and that is creating a course to build an additional stream of income and help your reader engage at a deeper level. And Monetize Your Book with a Course My friend Lucas Marino teaches you how to determine your ideal student, develop your curriculum, implement a learning management system, market the course, find your students, and much more, even if you've never taught a course before. So if you're ready to take your book to the next level, 
and learn how to launch your course, go to dailywriterlife.com slash monetize to grab this incredible resource. That's dailywriterlife.com slash monetize. As always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.